0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books, in movies and TV. I'm Luke, and I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic: Titans Season Three, the gritty, edgy version of the not quite Teen Titans. This is your warning: we will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and please take that like as an absolute, because there's a lot to spoil in this season. (laughs) A lot does happen, just like in those first two seasons. Not just the cast, but these shows really are packed. You're always getting a lot of stories. Yeah, a lot will be
1: spoiled. Yeah, um, and without spoiling anything right off the bat, it's very referential not just to itself, but the greater DC universe, um, which I do appreciate about this series. I loved about season one and two obviously we actually had Batman show up not in costume for season two uh repeatedly played by Ian Glenn who everyone remember as Sejora from Game of Thrones also known as
0: Mr. Friendzone (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll take your word for it I've not actually seen Game of Thrones but that that sounds right I guess yeah um Before we got him, though, in that first season, we did get a nightmare sequence with Batman, but when there was never an actor. Associated no, I believe with it
1: was a performance stunt man in the costume. Um, before they had thought of putting him actually on screen and giving him dialogue,
0: but well, honestly, after that first season, never did I think we'd get an on-screen Bruce Wayne, and then it's a much older Bruce Wayne, which does fit with the story that they're telling. Yeah. But the casting, they got a lot of negativity for it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. We got the dream sequence where he's doing the Batsui, the classic Adam West Batman dance. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I get what they're doing here. They're having fun with it and this is Batman after Batman. And I like him yeah. in the role. Yeah, um and
1: we get him a lot more Bruce Wayne than we do Batman.
0: Um Oh, well, we don't get him as Batman. He's older, Bruce no, Wayne.
1: No. Yeah. So, you know, that's sort of them having the cake and eat it too. But I think he's great. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, he definitely has screen presence. Like whenever he's opposite any of the other actors, you're like, yeah, I can see why people defer to him. He's definitely got that presence. Um, And it's not, and it's just, as it's just there. It's just chemistry, which, you know, is the hardest thing to pull off, really.
0: Um, I, mean, I think I think that we praise about this show because we should know that we have reviewed for the podcast seasons one and two, and here we are reviewing season three. What I've always felt with this show, it's, it, it feels like a, a lived-in DC universe. You know, yeah, and- Not only do we get like all the characters that we get and a lot of them in costume as well, but there's references to all these other things, like Roy Harper is referenced to, I think in the season finale of, of this. Season. Yeah. So we're always getting, we're getting. Yeah, it's again, it feels lived in. But what I did notice in this season, and it and it can't be helped. I mean, a few weeks before the second season concluded, it was renewed for a third season. So this was a popular show. So they were looking at getting straight into it. But before the official start of filming could happen, the COVID 19 pandemic happened and it shut down production. Yeah, and you can feel it as well. Yes. Some of the was...
1: decisions. It's not just like
0: decisions, people in the streets. There's yeah. not a lot of people. And when there is people, it's very strategic. Where people yep. are placed. So the kind of, okay, so we, it's as if, right, we can only use this amount of actors or this amount of extras. So where can we place them where they would be the most effective? Now, again, like this, this is not the show's fault. I mean, I'd much rather them continue to make it and do the best they could than shut down for a year or however long. But again, the show does still feel lived in. But yeah, you do really, you feel the influence of COVID-19 on the show.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that they had to throw out a bunch of stuff and reshoot specifically with these new uh, procedures in mind because the decision to move the entirety of the season to Gotham and then you just get a few throwaway things like curfew people in Gotham city live under a constant curfew to that. Like, these are just things thrown out that I, you're like, Oh yeah, the world building and Gotham's crazy. Of course, they'd have something like a curfew, but I'm like, my brain heard that. And I went, that's an expositionary piece of dialogue to help deal with the fact that you can't have enough people on screen at the same time. And even the pairing up of actors, you're like, who can we use slap those two together and develop a storyline around those guys to help with our shooting schedule. Um, The bigger mission, of course, being uh, Raven, who's mentioned uh, fairly often throughout the season, but doesn't come into like much like, later the back
0: half, like maybe episode eight. It feels like we're waiting for a long time. And then, You've got Donna and Tim together. See, so you're right. Remember when we did a review of season two and the way that Donna Troy died, and we (laughs) were both like, I cannot be it. She was saving, I think, one family. Yeah. Which we know, which was heroic. Don't get me wrong. And she did save lives. But that it's Wonder Girl. Like she should not yeah. have been defeated as
1: easily as she was by see. a falling like electricity t- t- yes. tower.
0: <laughs> and even in this in this season, she's holding a lasso and it's conducting electricity and she's okay. Yeah, she's yeah.
1: using she's being herself <laughs> as a human lightning
0: rod, but, oh, yeah. but that's the finale of the Purple Rain episode. We will we'll get to the episodes, but it was good to see Connor Leslie back as Wonder Girl, even though not once in this season is she in costume.
1: No, um and I'm fine with it. Um Connor
0: Leslie is
1: phenomenal in the role. She's beautiful. Um I mean they really shoot this series well. Whoever's in charge of the lighting, costume, um you know, all the people, all the departments are bringing in their A game and she looks, you know, like picturesque every single frame she's in. Oh, absolutely. Um, which helps sell like this is like she's on par with wonder woman in terms of like ability like you believe it because she never doesn't look a million
0: dollars except for the way she was killed in season two but yeah she looks like she's as powerful as wonder woman and just the the way this show is made it it is at a different level to the cw shows which are all shot, shot in vancouver And and, they work as well as they need to work. And there's things that I do, there's a lot of things, to be fair, that I do like about those shows. But Titans, it doesn't look like a CW show. It's very much got its own identity. But I think with this season, just like the other seasons, which I do still struggle with the bad language. Yeah. And it's not because I won't, it's not because. They're swearing it's because it's these characters in the DC universe, and I know that Titans is completely separate to anything else, so there it's its own world, its own story. But it, it just even when you watch film and TV where there is bad language, it just seems like this show in particular, there's a lot more than you'd normally get in other shows, yeah. Um, which
1: I don't think it is, I don't think, but. When you're watching, especially a DC show, uh, DC uh, properties in general are gen, uh, quite careful with their language, as the comics have always been as well. It, I think it just stands out more because even the even when the Marvel properties they don't cast, they're very careful to keep them family friendly. So I think it's just we've become so accustomed to not hearing salty language that when anything is said regardless of how well it fits it's like oh that's a bit that's a bit rude
0: yeah i mean maybe it it is a little bit of that but i don't know like i watch a lot of shows yeah not just comic book shows and no i don't know I, i think it is i think there is more that you'd normally have but maybe like you say it could be the fact that we're hearing these characters use, I don't know, it just, yeah, that's definitely part of it. it. It's these characters saying, like hearing Dick Grayson swear. Yeah. That's not something outside of this show you'd be used to hearing, but I definitely, yeah. I'd need to watch it again. And I've, you know, when you go to a, go to a club and they've got the, the doorman with a clicker, I have to sit yeah. there with a clicker and I keep a tally. <laughs> how often this swearing per yeah. episode. But it definitely, it does seem a lot. But they are looking to do something different with this show than all the other DC shows that are out there because, I mean, there is a lot. Like remember yeah. in the 90s, we had one live-action DC show, Lois and Clark. That was it. Yeah, And yeah. now and that was... there is so, so many. And, you know, even things like... You know, Doom Patrol, Pennyworth, more traditional DC in Stargirl, but there is there is a lot of DC shows. Watchmen recently on HBO. Yeah,
1: phenomenal series. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm watching Ted Lasso. And for anyone who's watched Ted Lasso, there's a character, Roy, who swears. I mean, it's lot. It, they're in a uh, football locker room, so oh, you can understand I, it. But he, her, he drops. Yeah, he's so
0: Roy, blunt and honest. <laughs> Roy Kent is he, yeah. is there? Is every fucking where? Roy Kent. Ah, oh, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm
1: watching it with my housemate, who's never watched it before, and she only watches TV shows with someone, predominantly me. And I'm like, you'd love this. It's the most uplifting thing ever made it so wholesome that you have to watch it and yes we smashed through a season like today um, where, and where were you up to i have not finished season two which is why right. i'm like i'll stop and get her into this because okay that way i won't spoil anything interesting in season two because i have this bad habit of when i'm rewatch something when something's about to happen i'll look to get the reaction of whoever <laughs> is in the room oh, so I, I can't terrible. do that with her
0: you'll be terrible at poker <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, "Oh,
1: hey!" Very obvious tell.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, I um, I love Ted Lasso, but that's that's different though. Like swearing in that is different, and that's probably a good a good example you brought up there because an episode of Ted Lasso with Britt Goldstein (laughs) is what he (laughs) can. He probably does swear a lot more than an episode of Titans. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the show's great. Um,
1: as everyone returning, uh, I don't think we really have to do anything big because everyone who returns does a, a phenomenal job in the roles, as they've been doing for the last three seasons. Yeah, I mean, Brenton,
0: um, Brenton Thwaites, the journey went on in season two to become Nightwing was incredible. Like, they yeah. really delivered all the promise of Nightwing in that season. And yeah. we get more more of him here and you know he's he's going through his own things his own things from the past everything with jason his history with barbara gordon a new character in this season
1: yeah yeah and, and I, his costumes fully realized it's the black and blue one of my all-time favorite costumes from comic books oh, he's got so the well. electoral size clubs um that you know he magnetizes and brings back to himself it's it's all of it yet he still has his throwing uh knives and stuff like he's he's comic book nightwing um except for the current stuff where they over sexualize him (laughs) into a comical degree but he is traditional dick grayson nightwing and team leader of the titans who you know holds it together in a Really intelligent way, um, and he, he carries it fairly effortlessly as well. I mean, he's so good in this role.
0: He's perfect. He's perfect as Dick Grayson, as Robin, as Nightwing, all of it. And then, what Dick is asked of by Bruce in the opening of the season: be a better Batman. Yeah. So the the pressure that comes with that, and then the Titans. We're all scattered for the most part. But, yeah, he he really does an excellent job. And like I say, you've got all the returning players. Tegan Croft as Raven. But as you say, maybe episode eight, we finally yeah. get to see her again, which was very surprising because Ryan Potter as Beast Boy and Raven, they were great together. But I think it's what you were saying earlier about, you know, Not the show, but in production, yeah, characters they could and couldn't put together. And unfortunately, we don't get them together until much later in the season, yeah. Um, and
1: it's it's actually checking my notes episode nine, she's only in the last four episodes of the season. Um, that's of a 13 episode show, that's so they built the show around her for the first two seasons
0: (laughs) she was the catalyst of the team all coming together in the first place to protect Rachel and then season two Trigon it was all Raven based and then what was it nine out of 13 episodes
1: yeah she's or episode nine onwards yeah Yeah. like that's a huge thing so that's got to be a COVID restriction that they've had to um way around um although she's there to hang with Donna while they try and resurrect her which they drop season episode one like oh this is where they are so straight away I'm like oh, they're going to bring back Donna Troy yes they're going to right that wrong and then yeah
0: it takes a while to get there and then um, it's TV so visually how can we visualize the afterlife uh black and white—that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> um, works for dream sequences. Works for afterlife.
1: You know, uh, a season or well, ep- a few episodes of Supernatural did the same thing. Like, we need to show limbo. Wash out that color palette and use like fog. <laughs> it's a tried and true, you know, TV trick for that kind of thing. Um. But it works. We've got Hank being Hank in the afterlife, which is a nice way to keep the character on the table, given what happens to him
0: earlier on. I mean, we should talk about it. I mean we get Red Hood in this in this season. And it seems I guess to be it seems a little bit early to get Jason Todd as Red Hood or well, I guess really he, early in their own yeah. time frame,
1: He's been Robin for less than a year by the time this happens. Like it's, you know, they even comment he was made Robin a week after Dick left Bruce. Right.
0: And so he, yeah, he's been, yeah, it's been maybe a year, year and a half tops. That's a huge turnaround to get Red Hood. I mean, we don't, I don't think, there's an actor cast as Joker, but we do see Joker with the crowbar sequence killing Jason Todd. And then he comes back and, and I've got to say, like, Kieran Walters from his first appearance as Jason Todd and up until now, like, he's really irritating, but he's supposed to be. like He's supposed to get under your skin. So, you know, it plays him really well but then for the most part in this season is played as an addict or under the influence of, of Scarecrow. I think that's why one of my gripes
1: with the use of him for this is, is they spend a lot of time throughout the season flip-flopping of, is he got his own urgency or is he being played by Scarecrow? And they, they flip-flop on that a lot.
0: Yeah, and I it think, makes
1: his character feel inconsistent Yeah, overall. And not, as,
0: and not as effective. I think, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at Under the Red Hood, the Judd Winnick storyline, which, I mean, this season's got many influences, you know, going back to George Perez, Marv Wolfman online, New Teen Titans, No Man's Land, the Batman storyline. So there's, there's so much crammed into this one season. But Maybe it's because Jason is as young as he is, but I think if they'd have had him as a threat in his own right, and he ends up just being a henchman for Scarecrow, and he allows Jonathan Crane into Wayne Manor, into the Batcave, gives up all the secrets. I, on one hand, I was disliking the season for those choices, but on the other hand, choices made by a character. Who you yeah. already found irritating. So I'm like, am I disliking the season or am I disliking the actions of a character? But I absolutely hated Crane in Wayman. But well, yeah, same. Probably well, and
1: it's not, not just how that. Supposed it's to feel. something that washes, like, it, as they wrap up the season um, and they're like, tying off all the loose ends. I'm like, you had a significant amount of corrupt GCPD officers in Wayne Manor in the Batcave knowing exactly Bruce Wayne's Batman because here I am in Wayne Manor that I know is Wayne Manor and there's the Batcave which I know is the Batcave because I've been told this <laughs> by yeah. the Scarecrow you can't put that back in the box but they know like, ca- they I kind mean, of want to
0: they they, they didn't do, do any don't wishy-washy yeah. yeah
1: they didn't do any wishy-washy like oh all these people are dead or all these people have been wine wiped nope it's just please don't think about the thing that we did because we were hampered by uh, exterior restrictions. And this yeah. is how we've we, we couldn't go to a new location. So we've reused a set we've been using all the year.
0: 13 episodes. And that 13th episode, there is so much story. There is so much happening in there. And, it, and, you know, we're talking about Jonathan Crane. I mean, I've got to be honest, the nature of that character is fear. And I think more creeped out than scared by, I guess. But that character, the way that he's portrayed in this show, awful. Like, absolutely hated everything about that character. So it's really effective in, in that regard. Very different Jonathan Crane to what we've had in the past. But just him having so much power, influence... Like GCPD are calling him up saying, What would you like us to do now, Doctor? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, I know he's got things happening behind the scenes and and Red Hood really was his weapon to point in a direction he needed it and fire when needed. Hmm. Yeah, I think that like yes, you just
1: touched on he felt more like Riddler someone who's more of a planner and an executor than he did Scarecrow. They're like, Oh, but he's a psychologist. Yes, yeah. he is. As you said, whose whole thing is fear. And he creates a drug that we finally get the answer for of like, Oh yeah. Cause um, he, that he's figured a way to take it, make a drug that takes away fear. In fact, it takes away basically all emotion that was for Jason. But, that doesn't jive with the characterization of the, his. Like I said, his whole thing's fear, study of fear, manipulation of fear, and he he turns into like a back, like a, a therapist who is manipulating people through small fears, not large ones. Like he's he thinks phobias, not just yeah. fears, but phobias, like fear of being weak and these sorts of things. That and he can judge people's entire. like minutely the decisions they're going to make so he can outmanoeuvre them like based on odd that this is their their little fear you're like "Eh, you've made him too smart you made him smarter than barbara gordon
0: and he really it really shouldn't be and he's and even when barbara gordon is trying to bring oracle back online and crane's winning you know it's interesting that you mentioned or you know saying that he's not riddler The end, when Rachel goes to him and she uses some... What is happening there? It's something to do with the Lazarus pit, isn't it? Or or something within the Lazarus pit that she's using to, I guess, mind-wipe Crane? So he is going to forget everything he's...
1: That's not how I read it. They make a comment that the Lazarus pit absorbs all the fears and... um, like strong emotions of those who go into it and they have to fight through those to get back out of it. And when she absorbs the Lazarus pit to make it rain down, she retains that because it's like a part of his dark magic. And she forces that back in him, like a dose of his own medicine. Bye. She He's experiencing all the, 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 the personal demons and trauma and that of the people who've been in it predominantly herself because she's interacted with a dick and Jason, I'm like, I'm like, I ah, I get that, and it's like, but like I said, it doesn't mind wipe him,
0: right? Okay, it, so it's the a pure, why...
1: it's a pure like selfish of like, has a dose of your own medicine. I'm like you could have just dosed him with his own
0: gas. <laughs> okay, the reason why I mentioned you know when you said Riddler before is because it did remind me of the end of Batman Forever. Yeah. You know where Chase Meridian goes to see Nigma and double check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's
1: too fruity to give away any
0: information. Yeah. I'm Batman. It reminded me a little bit of that. But everything, again, you get to the finale, there's so much story, and everything just gets a big bow on it. Absolutely everything. Like Bruce Wayne to Jason saying, maybe before I couldn't, but now I can forgive you. Jason did some messed up shit. He killed a lot of people and he. Including Hank Hall. Yeah. And with what happened to Dick Grayson and he left him to die. And he believed he was dead. And there's all this stuff happening. So there's no redeeming Jason Todd. Like in this season, he goes way too far. Gives away all the family secrets. Yes, all of it. What about the bit where you've got Bruce? tries to take his own life yeah that also feels really strange and out there and Um, at the end he just turns up again i'm back yeah dick's like sorry about the mess yeah and also
1: the uh, the characterization of jason not believing that dick is willing to forgive him despite the fact that throughout the entire season dick's been reaching out like come back in come back in we'll be you'll be right like let, let let us get to you. Let us help you. And you're like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like Dick was it's pretty that, clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dick was, yeah. Like, mate, you're my brother. Like, I understand. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not Bruce. I'm never going to like throw you out. Like, I don't like the fact that we let you go in the first place. I'm here. I'm here for you. And like the whole season is what. but that's again, that's, Throughout this season, there's a lot of writing where it felt like they needed a character to make a decision, and or they or they needed something to happen, so a decision had to be made by a character, and they just handed it to whoever. They didn't break it more down more. It's like this cat. This fits this person's profile. This, yeah. and hence the flip flopping with Red Hood of like, with the kicking around of like him splintering off and then not working with the Titans, but working actively against Scarecrow. And then they backed out because of restrictions and not being able to create a whole gang for him. And yeah, it just feels like some like half measures to get to a certain point and each one of them, like one of those decisions stood out to me of like,
0: ah, nice.
1: you are just having me go along with it. Like I'll go with you, but I'm making a mental note.
0: This feels forced. <laughs> You know, a character in this, such a strong introduction in season two, but for the most part, did not do a lot in this third season. Superboy, played yeah. by Joshua Orpin. He was fantastic in that second season. We've got Superboy, Crypto, teased in the season one finale. And yeah, we, I mean, I guess it's hard because it is an ensemble. There's so many characters is not just the Titans. You've got Barbara at the GCPD, you've got villains. But I just felt like Superboy wasn't well-serviced. Like, we do get... I mean, He does have his own storyline with Blackfire, played by Damaris Lewis. And, you know, there's some interesting things happening there. But the whole thing where he gets gassed with kryptonite by Dick and then just gets left, and he's there for a long time, and Blackfire saves him. And then I thought, oh wow, wait, maybe we're going to get some like you know big conflict here. Maybe Superboy is going to get like not quite pushed over the edge like towards Lex Luthor, but maybe we're going to get some more edge in his character. And then you've got Blackfire; she's got a ship, she's going home. He purposely sabotages it. It's like, oh wow, we're building something here. And then that scientist is like, oh hey, he's got a really good memory. It's like a computer. We can actually build your ship. And then Superboy meets with Nightwing for the first time. and He's like, well, you know what, Nightwing? You did what you had to do. Anyway, let's get on with the mission. But that was all part of episode 13 where is yeah. wrapped up. I don't know. Superboy, not well-serviced in this season. Yeah, and I said with
1: an ensemble, and they I felt like they left too much for that end as well. I feel like they kept trying to ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up. And to keep the tension higher and higher and higher, I'm like, oh, maybe they're not going to make it. That they left a lot of ground to cover for that final episode, not just solving the entire season long run issue of Scarecrow and Gotham, but also everyone else's personal, like, things of what well, does Donna Troy do? We've been slowly, very, very, very slowly building up Tim Drake as a whole character oh, this season. Very
0: slowly, very, very slowly.
1: Yeah, and that, like most of his character stuff, you get him episode nine when he's on Death's Door with Donna Troy, and then it all comes in, in episode 13, the finale. Like, that's a lot of ground to cover that you, that you... It's it's a lot. And again, I, I I blame the shooting schedule of who they're allowed on site. Like, by the finale, I'm sure they... Restrictions at ease that they could get more people on on set, but that leaves you a lot of ground to cover and not as much runtime. Like you've you've had to pad it out and stretch it out and keep purposely, artificially hold characters apart. That you just, uh, hopefully, people come along with us. Yeah, and it just as I said, this that third episode thirteen had so much to cover. Like, and it spends a long time wrapping, putting the ball on everything at the end as well. Like
0: you said, yeah. Bruce coming back, and so much happens. Else. You know, when you were talking about Donna and slowly, can you remember when she was slowly walking to Gotham? I'm yeah. like, oh, this is taking so long. Yeah. You can fly. So, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> you can fly. You also have super speed, which we've seen you use in
0: battle multiple times. Yeah. It just, it felt like filler, like it was taking yeah. a long time for things to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, and she could have used that whole time doing character uh, building with Tim to show him learning some stuff. Like, oh, we're in, we're in lockdown; it's hard to get around. Well, Why are you here? Let me teach you a few things. It you could know, have been better
0: utilized. I, I do like the Tim Drake that we get here, like early yeah. on. Like, okay, so there's, there's something here. I mean, we know like from DC Comics canon, Tim Drake is the third Robin, takes over after the death of Jason Todd. So it fits nicely having him here. And I like that they don't put him in a suit because I thought yeah. maybe they would because he goes with them to the Batcave. But no, yeah. let's not rush this. And then he gets... I mean, I was going to say, we don't really get a setup for a fourth season. Like normally they tease who the next big bad is gonna be. Or you know, season one, they tease Superboy. We've normally got something, oh, maybe it's gonna go into this. And we'd all we really get teased from episode 13. It's road a trip. Road trip. I'm like, on one <laughs> hand, I'm like, oh, you know, it's not as interesting, but I'd like to see that. Teen Titans on a road trip. It sounds more yeah. like Teen Titans go, to be honest. But yeah. you know, it's interesting that Tim is going to go along, and no doubt in season four, which has been confirmed, we're going to get him suited up as Robin, and that will be pretty cool. I mean, we got to see him do that kick. That was good. Yeah. Outside of and that he punched news, Scarecrow. Yes, they let him. <laughs> Who shot him? Punch. So it's like revenge. There you go. So there's there's good things happening there. We should probably talk some more about Barbara Gordon, which is a massive addition to the show, played by Savannah Welch, and she's actually Commissioner Gordon. Because again, this is... I mean, I guess i mean, they don't say it, but it's almost like the show takes place in the not-too-distant future. We've got an older Bruce Wayne, no longer Batman, Commissioner Gordon, or James Gordon, is dead. And Barbara is the new commissioner. And honestly, it took me so long because I'm I'm watching Barbara Gordon in the wheelchair and I'm like, I couldn't quite work out. Does she have one leg or has she got her legs crossed? I couldn't quite work out. And then, oh, okay. Because in the comics, they've been a bit free and loose with it. Like we've got the classic storyline, the killing joke. She's paralyzed. She gets shot by the Joker. But then... In comics since, and even in the comics now, she has a chip on her spine which enables her to walk. Yeah, this They're... Barbara Gordon's not going to walk again. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, so what's happening here? But yes, yeah, so and not only is she in a wheelchair, she's only got one leg.
1: Yeah, they've uh, they've gone the full length to like when we're, we're not playing on Batgirl. In fact, they I don't think she was ever a Batgirl in all the flashback stuff we see, she was more of a Catwoman for Dick. Oh, right. Literally.
0: I did... Yeah, Yeah, she she was... She she was never
1: that girl. She knew who Bruce was, but we never... No official confirmation that she ever was in a costume Ah, as a crime fighter. That's
0: interesting. Um, I'm just bringing my baggage from the comics. Yeah.
1: Um, Even though she's got a black and yellow wheelchair... Which ah. is very <laughs> on brand, and you know. Then they talk about Oracle, and it's a computer, like an artificial intelligence uh, tracking software. And I'm like, but she's Oracle,
0: uh, which you know. Like, but the kind of the but she created Oracle in this, but then Oracle is its own sentient system, right? Like, it's its own thing, yeah. Which yeah, they're which, teasing for the fourth season,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, and it works. You know, she she does a great commissioner. She really sells that role of I'm in charge. I know that how bad the city is. My father was the commissioner. I've lost a leg to one of the crazy people who we have in this city. Um, I'm no nonsense. But yeah, it's she. It's a great job. It's one of those things that you have to adjust because, like yourself, I the whole season I was like. Was she Batgirl? Was she not Batgirl? You kind of leave an open ended and yeah, she gets to the end and I guess it's a no.
0: Um But you know what though? Oh. What they nail, they nail the Dick Grayson, and Barbara Gordon chemistry. Yeah. Uh, that's that's always been a, a strong point from the comics. Whether it's Robin, Nightwing, it doesn't matter. Like they've always had that close relationship. And that's that's here, and I guess instead of having them as Robin and Batgirl in flashbacks, they sell it in those scenes in the museum where she's a cat burglar. Yeah, the, the, the relationship is definitely there. And I'm thinking, I don't think, we've not had it in live action before. You think, before what have we had Batgirl in? Other than the 66 TV series. They had a version of her in Birds of Prey. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 We've, we've reviewed that show. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She was Batgirl in flashbacks and then she was, but okay, but you didn't get Dick Grayson in there. So I'm thinking when have those characters been together in 97, we've got Batman and Robin, but it wasn't Barbara Gordon Batgirl. It was Alfred's niece. Yeah. So I'm going to say this season of Titans, it's the first proper time We've had that dynamic in live action with those characters. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, and like I said, they sell it really well. Um, uh, the, the casting on the show usually is strong. Because even, you know, we keep mentioning Scarecrow, played, of course, by Vincent Carthaser, uh, of Madman Men th- fame. Um, he was Connor in Angel Angel's son in the later seasons uh, he's been in so much stuff but he is doing good performance with the scare, with Scarecrow it's just the writing of Scarecrow that's an issue um, you know he's, he's playing
0: yeah. like a stoner intellectual yeah. type which um, when when we've, when that was first presented I'm like oh I'm not quite sure but then I can see what they're doing here. And, you know, for his fear, gas and toxins, that he's, he's essentially a chemist. Like he's mixing it himself. So in, on occasion gets high on his own supply and being a bit of a stoner. I mean, it, it's just very different. I mean, outside of animation, for me, Scarecrow, it's hard not to think to Killian Murphy. This is not that. Yeah. Bad. It's no. so so different. So you're right. He does start off as a stoner scarecrow. But then you've got the yeah. thing with his mum, the manipulation of Jason Todd. He's definitely the most sinister, scary scarecrow we've had, but a lot of the time it's almost like he is a different character and not Jonathan Crane.
1: Yeah. Um and are they lean a lot into the quirkiness for quirkiness sake, it's become kind of like a, a trope for villains of this, his type of, of late where, you know, they do the dance and the music and like, there's a kind of coolness towards them. I'm like, eh, not Jonathan Crane. No. Of all of the Batman villains to paste that onto, Scarecrow is not the one I would have picked. I would have, all penguins. Those are the two Batman villains. And I'm like, yeah, no. Because um, <laughs> yeah. he's always played, been played like gaunt and thin. And, you know, his fascination with fear is from his own phobias, which, and like, so there's, you know, like almost like a need to control. I'm like, yeah, would start, something like that get high. Like, I don't know if you had made them like they took Riddlin. Like having like a like attention deficit disorder or something of that nature, maybe. But yeah, it 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 does. It felt kind of tropey. Nothing against the performance, but the yeah. writing of like,
0: yeah, I felt I felt this before. And we do see the scarecrow mask, and we see a lot of you know items that Bruce has kept in the Bat Cave from other Bat villains, but they go in a different direction, and he ends up looking more like. Jigs is it Jigsaw from yep. Punisher? Where he's got the cut up face and it's that scar in yeah. his own face. Oh, oh, that's a choice. But yeah, I get what you're saying about the the quirky dancing and yeah, and even that. Mm. it's the, you know they everyone seemed
1: to have like a mental break and reacted, and to, it was filmed in the same way um, to get across of like they're talking to themselves. It's a, it's a mental thing. They got they're losing their mind. But it's like yes, time to do with way masks, and then he cuts his own face so he doesn't cuts look his at his face. face in the mirror
0: <laughs> what about the whole thing where robin's well dick grayson is left for dead and beast boy like he joins a hive mind and transforms into a giant bat and lifts the first up- time he's Turned it's into anything like, that wasn't a tiger. It's like, what is happening? And then carries Dick into the Lazarus pit. Okay, so that's going on. And then it's really dark what's happening in there. And you've got like Dick, like he's had enough and he takes the crowbar himself. First, you see him dress as Joker, which was a cool visual. And then he beats Jason to death. And the whole thing with that, that I would get, I mean, well, I was thrown by the bats i just i think it's they give crane too much like he's too powerful he's got too much influence like dick's left for dead he's dropped into a lazarus pit they don't know if he's going to survive it because maybe it's been too long since he did die but then whilst he's under and he's in the pit and he's hallucinating is hearing crane
1: yeah as a as an antagonist i'm like but he's not your antagonist you don't fear crane at all you've not shown fear of that like you'd have more of a fear of jason which again he beat jason didn't take him out a crowd took him out he got shot in the back by a bystander or not even the back the neck um like
0: it's but then it's that thing yeah. where, like, as the audience, we are what we're seeing and hearing is Crane speaking with Dick and having influence, and like the Emperor and Darth Vader, like yeah. bringing him over to the dark side. But Crane doesn't have that reach. I always think no. that's all in Dick's head. But as you're saying, why would it be? Because that, that Crane isn't. Dick's big bad. He's just somebody that's taking over right now. He's just that villain of the month. He's just for he's Dick. Not, yeah, it made me also play that to be Bruce. part. Yeah, <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, when like... when Bruce just turns up at the end after everything's happened, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think we were going to see Bruce again. To be honest, it was kind of nice that we did get to see him again. But when everything wraps, it's just. It's not very Batman, is it? But, but at the same time, I know he's not he's Batman, not Batman sure. anymore. <laughs> if that like Dark yeah. Knight Rises, when Bruce gets a broken heart and stops being Batman for eight years, I just don't buy yeah. it. I just don't yeah. <sighs> buy yeah. it. But yeah. he's not Batman. Honestly, again, we know we're getting a fourth season. Before it's all said and done, I would love it if just once more. We get to, or oh, if we're not even seeing it, but if he becomes Batman once more, yeah, that would be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um
1: This the other thing with that Lazarus Pit. He goes in in Nightwing costume, comes out in Dick Grayson street clothes. Magic, <laughs> <laughs> magic water. Yeah. I mean, it is to uh, be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um But then, where's his co- where does he get his costume from later on? Like, you know, they pushed Jason Todd in naked. They could have done the same thing. They could have dropped Dick Grayson in naked, or he could have come out in costume, taking his thing off. Like, oh, we got to arrange some stuff. I don't that's
0: think, a, it, I know, but it just wasn't. a stylistic choice. Yeah. It just wasn't. That's a, yeah. <laughs> wasn't that's a con- like, continuity error. Like, Gar didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. He just involuntarily transformed and all these bats turned up. Yeah. Anyway, Dick came back. We're happy about that. So just go with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Tim Drake, played by Jay Lycurgo, um, just to, sh- to name the actor. Yeah, he's uh,
0: right. He really. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got no no faults with him. I thought yeah. he was excellent. Um, later on, we got to see the Tim Drake moves. We got to see him with his family because just like in the comics, when Tim first becomes Robin, his family are still alive. He's got a very different yeah, the, backstory yeah. to the rest of the Robins. And yeah, like he's a good young actor. He's yeah. I, I like everything that he was doing. And again, he's bound to get suited up as Robin in the next season, which will be pretty cool. But yeah, we've got teased yeah. a little bit in the beginning of the season
1: and yeah, then he hopefully,
0: pretty integral.
1: Yeah. They'll give him, he'll have the time and the, uh, the restrictionless. Shooting schedule to develop his character properly. Um, I'm I'm curious what they do with Jason Todd. Surely, the way this season's left off, he just becomes a character that pops up from time to time. That's what, yeah, not as that, a Titan, mm-hmm. not as a villain, because he can't. You've taken him too far.
0: Yeah, that's you that would have be, him going back. I reckon you know one, two episodes max, a special guest star. Jeremy yeah. Waters, Jason yeah. Todd. And I'm sure they'll use him well when he appears, but he's 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 gonna be done. Like there's no again, you can't redeem what the character did in this season. But you yeah. can have him, you know, if there's there's times where the Titans really need a helping hand, it would be pretty cool to see the Red Hood again, but he can't be a Titan. And that was made clear yeah. in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And that I like that they were upfront with that because it just breaks your suspension of disbelief of like, yeah, you did wrong, but we'll take you back. <laughs> like, no, 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 you you did way too wrong. <laughs> there are yeah. things you cannot
0: come back from. <laughs> yeah, so so I can go with Bruce forgiving him, but everything else, yeah, you just can't have him have him stick around. You know the the music on the show. I mean that the opening. Like, since that first season, just that pumping theme as the Titans text goes along. Very cool. I don't think we talked about it on previous shows. There's two composers on all three seasons. We've got Kevin Kinner, who previously composed music for Superboy in the 80s. That was, that was him. He also did the music for the TV film Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. with David, with Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. That's the one. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that one day. It's been <laughs> a long time since I've seen that. But the other composer is Clint Mansell, who is, or previously, before composing film and TV, he was in an alt-rock band in the U.K., Pop will eat itself. And then he got into film and TV. In fact, I think first he started working with Darren Aronofsky. And yeah, then he's been working in TV since. I was looking at his other credits and both of them together, actually, doing Patrol and the upcoming Peacemaker TV series. So they're doing quite a lot of DC shows. Yeah, and um, Clinton Mansell. Uh, also,
1: I know he did the trailer theme for Mass Effect 3.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Um, but go. yeah, specifically the Aronofsky film Requiem for a Dream. The piece of music he composed for that movie, people use all the time. In fact, they use it for a lot of trailers that he's not worked for that production or anything, especially fan trailers, all the time. It's such a, a famous piece. He's Really known uh, for his music chops, um, and even the pop music they pick for the show—they're spending the money, like they're they're reaching into the the wallets to get you know um you know in the Garden of Eden, uh, and uh, a lot of the movie they they and they use it really effectively. Whenever they choose to use a popular song, it really fits the this sentiment they're going
0: for. Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, they do use a lot of. Yeah, like a lot of pop songs, which is very different to almost every other DC show. That's not a thing that usually happens. Yeah. I remember HBO Max money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's 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 the thing, isn't it? Because when the show first started the first two seasons, DC Universe Originals, which was restricted to US only, and then Warner Brothers launched HBO Max and now from this season onwards, Titans is a HBO Max original-like. Pretty much all the other DC shows now outside of the CW. But you just reminded me talking about pop songs and rock songs in DC shows. The Birds of Prey show you mentioned before, there's an Oasis song in it. And I remember, (laughs) I think it was Liam. Liam Gallagher asked about it. Nothing to do with him. Like his decision, but it's you know there's an oasis song in Birds of Prey, which yeah always stuck out to me. It's been a bit odd. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Before we get to the, the rating, we could just quickly just go through. So where we actually end up in this season finale? Yeah, we see the Titans divide and conquer, applying their particular set of skills to save the people of Gotham who had already been killed by Crane's poison by creating a purple rain cloud of healing Lazarus pit waters. Yeah, I mean, for a grounded DC show, it gets pretty high concept at times. Yeah. And then, of course, they burst into Wayne Manor to stop the big bad from wreaking further havoc. Because they have yeah. that bit down there. Really, I'm saying they didn't do much with Superboy, and I stand by that. But they do have that gag with him where he's got the whiteboard and he's writing out the plan, and he's telling them what they're going to do, and they're like, "Yeah, but why are you telling us? We just told you." And he's like, "But it's on the whiteboard." Yeah, I just put it on the whiteboard. That's that you did makes it official. Yeah, so kinda... they do give yeah,
1: they do give him uh, Bart Allen Flash vibes like impulse oh, of like yeah. his intelligence that's something that they've covered this season like it was a thread throughout
0: which yeah. when you say about blackfire he's memorized like i said earlier computer. his mind's like a computer that's it so he, he retains yeah. everything that he reads do you know i didn't think of that yeah they kind of they are incorporating like wally wally west or bart allen flash qualities bart, Bart's the one who who can remember who remembers everything
1: so there you go to
0: bart both qualities. Barry.
1: And Wally only retain it for like a few minutes, That's or right. an hour, long enough for them to do the thing. But then their memory, they can't retain it any longer. It's too much information in too short a time.
0: So Bart Allen. But what's happening yeah. in this then? So this has been a show with a lot of stakes, and I mean, we're talking about all the people that Red Hood killed. How many of the people that got killed in this season? Because the death rate is really high. How yeah. many are coming back? Due to the purple rain, they said
1: around two to five thousand. Okay, that's quite a lot. Only the people killed at the end from the uh, for the the second last episode from the initial bomb that went off. Right. Those are the
0: only ones being brought back. Um. See, so, although you know, a show like this about characters like this, it's about saving lives, and there's so much loss of life. And I guess by having the purple rain. Using the Lazarus pit is a way of saving lives that were previously lost. But again, we've said it a few times already. Puts a big bow on it, wraps everything up. And that's yeah. where that's where the season ends. So if you're gonna rate rate it out of five. Yeah,
1: I, I do find this to be the weakest of the three seasons so far. Um, again. We hate to drum beat this drum, but the COVID-19 restrictions having clear problems uh, in terms of what they're able to pull off and who they can work with. For sure, they had already started production as well when it all came to a head. Um, and the flip-flopping of specifically Jason that um, started to irritate me um, getting deeper into the season but I still had a good time. I still think they've done a really good job with this series. I'm looking forward to season four where they can like steer back on a track. Don't hamper themselves down with Gotham city. I want them in San Francisco or even on the road trip as they kind of hinted at, I do expect them to just kind of skip past that and get back to San Francisco. But <laughs> if they do decide to go more on a, a trip and make up for the the stagnant location for a season, then sign me up. Um, and the further development of the, these characters in the team environment that the show is supposed to be, and it has been for two seasons. Um, you know they split the team up a lot for this season. But in terms of my enjoyment, about a three and a half out of five. It's just those those issues that have affected both story and character decisions. It's everything is. The production values, the acting, everything's done really well. It's just writing choices and, uh, on the, that have had to be influenced by production side has left this weaker than the previous ones. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, a little bit lower for me. I'm going to come in at A three out of five. You know a lot of what I was reading today whilst prepping for the episode. The consensus seems to be that this is the best of the three seasons. And I do not agree with that at all. Nor do three, I. I would go two, one, three. Those first two seasons, each episode was like appointment television. Yeah. As soon as it was available, I was watching it. And I've got to be honest that like this third season, episodes got away from me. And you know, obviously, I eventually watched it and we'll wait until the last minute to the finale before recording. But I just wasn't in a hurry to watch it and just tightened when it was first announced. Really excited about it like the idea of you know, Nightwing and live action and really delivered in that second season. There's a lot to like about this third season more Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne, the introduction and the development of. Tim Drake it was great seeing Barbara Gordon Scarecrow was a good villain but he just didn't really feel like Scarecrow and I felt like he he presented too much of a threat like that's not Scarecrow that we know but this is the take on the character that the show is giving us I probably disliked more than I liked but I'm I'm going to come in at a 3 out of five and like you i'm looking forward to a fourth season yeah well that's it for episode all about titans season three if you'd like to contact us
1: about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode you can find us on facebook
0: as sounds like comics podcast you've been listening to luke and jay the guys from sounds like comics see you soon